it kind of feels like fishing, right? It almost feels like, okay, I'm going to create this video. I'm going to put my best presentation out there on this lure and I'm going to cast it out. And sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. But the truth is, if you just take one cast and you don't get a fish and go home, I mean, that's a lot of people who attempt YouTube and you got to just keep casting because you never know the next cast might be that lunker. This is James Schramko. James Schramko here. Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 947 and a very, very special occasion because we have Pat Flynn on the show today. Welcome, Pat. Hey, it's good to be back. I think it's been a very long time since I've spoken to your audience. It's good to be back. It's been a while, actually. Last time you were on, we were talking about Superfans, episode 673. So yep. that was a few hundred episodes ago. The one before that was 225. That was the Pat Flynn growth story. I was very early to figure out that you're going to go places. <laughs> and I wanted to have you on the show. Back then, I guess uh, I was probably more of an up-and-comer and wondering how are you getting so much traction with your affiliate sales, with your blogging. Mm -hmm. You were just a force. You and I started online a very similar time. I quit my high-paying job. You got kind of pushed out of a architecture firm, I think it was. Yep. And you've done so well. Most people listening to this or watching this already know who you are, but I'll just do a quick perspective from my side of it. You've been a mega successful blogger. You've made a lot of affiliate marketing sales. You've become supreme at teaching people how to make affiliate sales. You then taught people how to have a podcast, I think. You've got a real passion for videos, which is what we're talking about today, building a successful YouTube channel. I've seen you go well with that. I know you've got about 371,000 subscribers to your Pat Flynn channel at the moment, mm -hmm. and you have another channel. I don't think it's a secret, right? Deep Pocket Monster, <laughs> which is near on a quarter of a million subscribers. By the time this is published, you know, in a matter of days, it'll tick over that number. And that one is only a more recent channel. Right. And most of the time when we're chatting, uh, you've usually got some videos scheduled around that thing. It's just a big part of your life. Oh, and also you're a hugely successful published author. You've got lots of books out there. Uh, we spoke about one of them, Superfans, last time. You've got Will It Fly and probably numerous others. But everything you touch seems to work out just great. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, I, I have you to thank for a lot of the recent success because you've really helped me, uh, for those of you listening who don't know, uh, asked James to be my coach. So James has been coaching me for the last, how many, how long have we been working together? Like the last two, three years now, speaking almost weekly? Uh, I'll tell you, it started in 2018. It's actually been over four years. Can you believe so four that? four years, wow. Yeah. And you've helped me hone in on not just like, well, what business opportunities are great and those kinds of things. I mean, we have those kinds of conversations. But what I really enjoy about our conversations is you help me figure out what I want to do and you help me live a more fulfilled life through the businesses that I'm doing. And that's why the Deep Pocket Monster channel, I think, has done so well, even though you don't know anything about Pokemon. And I didn't know anything about Pokemon before. This is what the channel is about. It's become a massive success, mainly because you helped me realize that that is something that I do enjoy and to just enjoy it. And the fact that I'm not super worried about the business part of it actually enabled it to be more fun and actually make, in some cases, more money than the Pat Flynn YouTube channel, actually four times as much money than the Pat Flynn YouTube channel. And now I've been teaching other people how to make YouTube channels. You know, a lot of people teach that online. I have a very specific way of doing it because YouTube can be very overwhelming. There could be a lot to take in. It could be very confusing. 
but you don't need a million subscribers. You don't need 10,000 subscribers to do very well. Uh, you can find your thousand true fans there because the algorithm is there to, to help you if you know exactly how it works and, and how to take advantage of that, which I'm sure we're going to get into today. But just wanted to thank you publicly because the work with you the last four years have been absolutely vital and uh, you've made me a much more um, successful and happier person. So thank you. Well, thanks. But I think the greatest success so far that we've experienced together is you fishing. <laughs> like that's like that's when you know okay the lifestyle design component is is in there you've got a sustainable life business routine mm-hmm. now that can go forever so that's awesome my fishing is your surfing i'm really interested in this youtube topic because uh well firstly i'm testimony that you can go okay with a small base right i don't have a tiny following i feel like i was too late to the party to go on a personal brand so first question i've got is are we setting up as a business or a person on YouTube these days? Is there a clear winner? Uh, there's no clear winner because both will work. You have to know what approach you want to take, though, and what you want to do with it. And before that, before you even start a YouTube channel, you have to know who it is that you're going to be creating videos for. With the Deep Pocket Monster channel, which, again, is in the Pokemon world. And again, I didn't know anything about Pokemon. A lot of people see my channel. It's at a quarter million subscribers. And they're like, oh, you must have been one of those kids in the 90s who grew up with Pokemon. No, I didn't. I played Magic the Gathering, which was completely different. I've only recently got into it during the pandemic. And because my kids got into it, of course, they stopped and I just kept going with it. But I spent a good three or four months really diving into the space as a consumer, a consumer of other people's YouTube videos, a consumer of just that space in general, understanding who the players were and exactly what their unique talents and unique superpowers were. Right. And this is something I actually teach in my book, Will It Fly? And I did the exact same process. I created my market map as I started to figure out, wow, there's, you know, opportunity here. I'm really enjoying it. I want to add value to this community. How am I going to go about that? Well, in order to stand out, you have to know who else is in the crowd first. So I created my market map. This is very applicable. Any business in any niche should do this right now. You get a spreadsheet ready. You create three columns. The first column is going to be the places that that target audience exists. So I found the YouTube channels, the podcasts, the conferences, online, offline, the different forums that people in the Pokemon community space were going to. And I made a whole list of that. The second column, the second P word, in fact, is the people. Who are the players in this space already that have already spent the time to earn the trust with this particular audience? And why do people go to them? So in in addition to like watching the videos and what's really nice about YouTube is YouTube will show you more people in that space the more you watch videos of a certain type because that's the algorithm at work there. And you get to understand, oh, this person, for example, there's a Pokemon YouTuber, SM Pratt. He's an old school collector. He has one of the biggest, most expensive collections in the world. I can't compete with that. I don't have that many cards. And so for me to pretend like I'm going to compete with him is not going to work, but he is sort of like the player there. Then there's another person who's more of a trophy card collector. And there's another person who's the investor in the space who's known for buying cards and flipping them. And that's not really something of interest to me. And the final column that you make is just the products that people are buying. This is especially helpful if you are running, wanting to run a business with what you're doing, because then you can see what are people paying for? What are people being offered? What's the language that's being used to send those offers to them? And just this map alone, like what I did with the Deep Pocket Monster channel, you get to see where you might be able to land. If you're going to travel somewhere, you want to know what's there and where can you find your farmland to set up shop and start growing and cultivating what it is that you're doing. And that's what I did there. So I realized 
that there were a lot of opportunities in the Pokemon space on YouTube to create better stories. I'm telling the best stories out of anybody about the history of these cards and the packaging and all this kind of stuff that others weren't getting into. I also know that I have some superpowers with relation to cinematography and those kinds of things. So I brought that from my 11 years of YouTube experience elsewhere into that channel. And then more than that, I've been doing a lot to connect with the audience. A lot of people on YouTube in this space were saying things like, hey, you guys, welcome back to the channel. Hey, everybody, you know, that kind of language. I really wanted to go into the individual. So I say, you, I have the person watching in mind and it's like a one-to-one conversation. I'm almost letting them in my office while I'm opening up cards and it feels just different and intimate. And as a result, I've gotten not just a lot of people to follow and not just YouTube to start displaying my videos to other people, but I've had the other community members, people who've been in the space for much longer, actually reach out to me and want to work together and collaborate because they see me now not as a competitor, but as somebody that they want to collaborate with and that complements what they're doing. We're all trying to help the same audience and we all have our special way of doing it. But to your original question, sorry, I had a lot of coffee right before this. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to have a sip of mine so I can keep up. Yeah, yeah. Business or sort of personal. Again, it's really up to you and what you're comfortable with. I think if you try to force a personal branded YouTube channel when that's just not in your nature to do, it can be very difficult, right? When you're starting out on YouTube, you want to try to make it as easy as possible. So for me, like with the Pat Flynn channel, I had a lot of uh, hiccups. I had a lot of limiting beliefs about my ability to create video. I didn't want my face on camera, all that kind of stuff. So I said, okay, well, okay, what kind of videos can I create? So for a long time, I did a lot of tutorial videos, just screen capturing my computer and my face wasn't in it. My voice was, and I still cringe when I watch those videos, but it got me started. And as I often hear this in the YouTube space, you want to just know that you're likely going to create a lot of videos for not very many people. And that's okay. You got to be a disaster before you become the master. And it takes practice. It takes repetition. But the reason why I have a course now and the reason why I talk about this publicly is because you can fast forward that success again when you understand how YouTube works and what they're looking for. And I got to tell you, like, the reach is is unreal. It's not unlimited, but it's it kind of feels like it. Unlike podcasts where we have to fight for attention, we have to work extra hard to get people to find these podcasts. With YouTube, I mean, you can have zero subscribers and your next video could see millions of views. And it kind of feels like fishing, right? It almost feels like, okay, I'm going to create this video. I'm going to put my best presentation out there on this lure and I'm going to cast it out. And sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. But the truth is, if you just take one cast and you don't get a fish and go home, I mean, that's a lot of people who attempt YouTube and you got to just keep casting because you never know the next cast might be that lunker. I love it. So the big insight here is you've got to do your research. If you're planning to go on YouTube, yep. you do your research. Uh, you mentioned places, players and products. Yep. Is that right? That's right. So all of those P's are lay for the, the next P, which would be to find your position in the market. That's right. Did you ever set up an SPI YouTube channel? Uh, we have an SPI YouTube channel. But that's only because we had a hyper focus or have a hyper focus right now on building community. And there wasn't a lot of information on the YouTube space about building community. So we built a small one there, but that was very late. I mean, that was created last year, in fact. But the Pat Flynn channel started in 2009, so a very long time ago. And it was a slow start. It took about nine and a half years to get to 100,000 subscribers, but then only one additional year to get to 200,000 and then less than a year after that to get to 300,000. And that's because in 2017, I finally started to take it seriously. I started learning all these things about what YouTube is looking for and how to help YouTube. And when you help YouTube get what they want, they're going to give you what you want, which is more reach, more views. And of course, for many of us, that means more authority. 
means more clients, more students. And of course, you can make ad revenue as well on YouTube. And the ad revenue on the on the Pokemon channel, which just started in 2020 is, you know, in May of this year, we made $23,000 in one single month just from the ad revenue alone, which is just insane. And now doing something you absolutely love. Oh, I love it so much. You do. Like, it's, it's like for you, like collecting helmets. I see sometimes your videos of when you get a new helmet on that back shelf there. Oh, yeah. I'm running out of room. <laughs> so you brought the powerhouse marketing. You've already dropped some huge hint there, stories. I imagine a lot of the mm-hmm. content creators are missing that key element. They're not doing stories. And I'm a little bit kind of where you were at years ago. I started my channel back when you started your channel, my personal band, but I reserved it. I just sort of left it until I know what I want to do when I grow up. Mm-hmm. So now I've started the channel. I want to know basically the short list of things that would be important. I keep hearing about YouTube. Yep. I keep hearing about how powerful it is. I've heard lately that they're really going after places like TikTok, for example, with their shorts. They're really rewarding shorts. I wanted to ask you, because I get asked this pretty much every week, is it okay to put shorts on your long form content channel or should it be separate? This is a huge debate, right, in the world of YouTube. And I have my opinion. Many other people have their opinion. And there are cases where there are channels that have both long form content with the regular videos and short form shorts content, which is, like you said, similar to TikTok and IG Reels. And they're successful. However, I have tested shorts on my channel and they have completely obliterated any sort of growth that that could potentially happen. I mean, what ended up happening, we we have one video, we stopped doing shorts because it was actually kind of sabotaging the growth of our other stuff. And this is because of YouTube and YouTube and the way that they display videos on a person's mobile phone and shorts have been taking up a load of real estate, right? Because they're really pushing it. They're really trying to compete with TikTok. But I think there's always going to be a place for long form content and more and more creators are doing that. In fact, a very popular style of video these days are super long form content, like essay style, super hard researched, very, very good storytelling about certain topics. You'll notice and maybe you've watched some of these videos on YouTube. They just suck you in. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you are watching those videos for a very long time, that signals to YouTube, hey, a lot of people are staying on YouTube on the platform watching this video. Let's send it to more people. And that's exactly what you want to do. We'll get into the algorithm in just a minute. But the short form stuff, like we had a video where I, this is a shorts, it's under 60 seconds on YouTube and it's on the Deep Pocket Monster channel. A quick little story about one of my subscribers who got scammed and then I have the card and I unveil, I peel it and it's a different card on their side of it, right? So very visually appealing. And it ended up getting over 15 million views which you're like, wow, that's incredible. However, most of the comments after the initial wave are, I can't believe adults are still playing with cardboard with cartoons on them. Who would spend that much money on Pokemon? Like, get a life. So that's trolls. <laughs> you know, it's it's sending like the Instagram reels, the TikTok world, the world of YouTube shorts is a general public mass sort of approach to your content. But if you're wanting to get niche, if you're wanting to really develop a hardcore fan base for a certain thing, I think the more niche you are, the better. As I often say, the, the riches are in the niches. And so when you are thinking about that, well, your best bet are the longer form videos. And by longer, I mean anything between, you know, three minutes to 12 minutes. I mean, you can go longer too, but the sweet spot is eight to 12. Eight minutes is the length of a video you would need to include a mid-roll ad on YouTube if you are qualified for monetization, which happens after a thousand subscribers. And that's the big goal for a lot of beginners and the one that we push in our course, YouTube from scratch, which is let us help you get to a thousand subscribers because it unlocks monetization. Of course, when you get to a thousand, you understand it at the point where it now grows exponentially. And we've had very successful students go through already. But 
again, just a thousand. You don't need a million. You don't need 20 million. Yes, we see like Mr. Beast just hit a hundred million subscribers, (laughs) which is just incredible. There are just channels that are blowing up in the tens of millions. And, you know, that's cool. But many of them grow because they're creating huge, spectacular pieces of content. And I think a lot, another objection that a lot of people have with YouTube is, well, I'm not Mr. Beast. I don't have $100,000 to give away or I can't rent out a stadium and do hide or seek there. He didn't either in the beginning, did he? No, no. He, his first like several videos were just Minecraft videos and did nothing. And then he started to learn his craft a little bit more. He started to do these weird challenges like where he was reading every single word from the dictionary or counting to 100,000 or saying the same word, you know, 100,000 times or something silly. (laughs) This guy's so creative. He was, you know, he was uh, ahead of his time. But then now he's gotten into, well, what keeps a person watching a video? So you'll notice that when you watch a Mr. Beast video, for example, and I've adopted this thing, too. It's like I don't say, hey, everybody, welcome back to the channel. Because that's just for the people who've already found you. You want more people to find you. And if a person, if YouTube sends your video to somebody new and it's like, welcome back on the last video, you might've seen this. And if I'd never met you before and I see that video pop up and I'm watching it, I'm already left out. I'm not engaged. I am actually disengaged as a result. And Mr. Beast, you'll notice that in the first seven seconds, 10 seconds, you're already in the challenge that he started, right? It's already happening. You don't even have time to think your way out of it. And that's what we've been doing on Deep Pocket Monster which is the sooner that we can get to the thing that's mentioned in the title and the thumbnail, the longer people will stay all the way through. And the longer that you can keep people watching your videos, the more likely that YouTube is going to send it to more people because YouTube ultimately wants more ad revenue. How do they get more ad revenue? By keeping people on the platform. So when they see your videos get clicks and get people to stick, that's the click and stick strategy then they're going to send it to more and more people. And that's why Deep Pocket Monster only in two years has grown faster than the Pat Flynn channel ever has. It's so fun, dude. Like it's, <laughs> it's just such an interesting platform. And the analytics that YouTube gives you is unreal. It's actually overwhelming, but you get a lot of insight very fast on what makes a video of yours work and, and what makes it not work. And so you can make changes and iterate and, and get better. Well, I love that you've sort of, covered that shorts thing because I had the same advice from Tom Breeze who looks at a lot of accounts and he said that almost without fail anyone who's had a lot of action with shorts they get sort of besotted with the high volume or the traffic Mm -hmm. but it actually ruins the general channel quality or algorithm so he suggests put on a separate channel so you said exactly the same thing and it's also nice that you're not just sort of carried away with the 15 million views like a lot of people would go, oh, I'm amazing. (laughs) No, I wish that video didn't exist, to be honest. (laughs) Right. So, you know, you're quick to identify what's actually important. So that's really good. When it comes to stories you've talked about, reasons to stay, we should mention that too. You have a training on this YouTube thing, and I'm going to make sure we put a link to that with a coupon for anyone listening to or watching this so that we make sure that uh, for the first three days when we publish this, episode that they can access your training. So if you like what Pat's talking about, you can go deeper. And I recommend you do. He's nailed this stuff. Reminded me of some of those podcasts where they have like 10 minutes of ads before they get started. Yeah. And um, pairing that with one of the great copywriting hacks that I think I picked up from Drayton Bird. And that is just delete the first paragraph or two of just about any sales letter and it gets to the meat faster. Mm -hmm. It sounds like YouTube really rewards that. And I remember when I watched a few Mr. Beast videos I was blown away how quick the transitions were. It was like bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, wow, that's where people are at. I think some of the older generations, like my age, Mm -hmm. that could be um, unnatural 
but it seems that that would be rewarding for the algorithm. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, the shorts and the TikToks and stuff. I mean, people's attention spans are much shorter than ever now. And we have to get quick to what it is that's providing value, right? Whether it's entertainment, information, et cetera. If you have like top 10, whatever tips that you want to offer on, on a video, cool. Tell me exactly why this is important and then get right into it. All that fluff in the beginning, save that for the bunnies, right? Yep. So I think that's important. But at the same time, while you're going through the video, you can start to tell story to get people interested because people are just interested in stories. We're just born that way to have that be more relatable, to have it be something that actually puts context into what we're teaching. Like in the course, we teach a lot about quick little easy video editing things that you can do from quick zoom ins, mm -hmm. slow panning, adding B-roll, which is like other video while your voiceover is still going or text on the screen. Those kinds of things are going to work much better than just like a talking head the whole time. But a talking head could work if you tell a good story. So all those things combined, you're capturing attention and keeping people on. But again, that click and stick strategy is really what it's about. And so when you create a video, this is again what we teach. Actually, I'm just going to give away the big secret right now. And that is very different than the way that I used to approach any content. The way that I used to, to create content on a blog and a podcast and on video was I create the thing based on an idea. I know what my audience wants. I want to create that value. So I create it and then I force a title onto it. Just like same thing with email subject lines, right? You write the email and you're like, okay, well, what's the subject going to be to get people to open this thing? Same thing with the videos. I was doing that forever. And when I learned the opposite strategy, which is let's start with a compelling title. And then, well, let's go film that video. Everything changed. For example, there's a video that I did on Deep Pocket Monster. I had an idea. I had all these energy cards. Uh, I had um, all these extra cards that were laying around that kind of come in every pack that nobody does anything with. And so I had an idea to like, well, I can create a video of fun little art projects that people can do with uh, their <laughs> energy cards. Right. So my initial title was like five arts and crafts ideas for your extra energy cards. And I looked at that title and it's like, that's never going to get clicked. That's not even on anybody's mind. I need to grab people's attention to then teach this stuff. So how am I going to do that? So I formulated a title that then completely changed the video because the video was initially going to be, you know, number one, picture frame. And then I create the thing. Number two, glue them on a table. Like that's okay. Sure. Some people might enjoy it, but it's not going to really capture people's attention. So the title of this video is now Impossible Pokemon Card Trick, Land It or Lose My $900 Card. And what this now has become is a story about my son challenging me to do these trick shots. But I always get distracted. And while I'm distracted, I'm creating the arts and crafts things. And I'm actually teaching how to do that. But now there's a story and now there's a reason to stick around to the end because I might not fulfill this challenge and I might lose my card. And I end up losing the card. And now guess what? This has become a series on the channel now that people are now looking forward to seeing because it's not about the arts and crafts stuff. It's about this trick shot challenge that was born through how do we create something clickable and noteworthy? Now, that is an entertainment channel, the Deep Pocket Monster channel, although I do information on it, it's more entertainment based. For those of you who are more information based, you still have to think about this, that your title and your thumbnail are competing against 12 to 15 other people also fighting for a person's attention, right? When you open up YouTube, there's all those titles and thumbnails there. You have to, you have to have something click worthy on there. And there's this huge debate now on clickbait and is that the right thing to do? Well, here's the thing. If you don't capture attention, your video might as well not even exist, right? You're going to work so hard on this video, but if nobody clicks on it, 
not only is not every, anybody going to see it, but YouTube's not going to give it the light of day in front of other people. But I'm also not saying just put a scantily clad woman on there so people will <laughs> click on it. And then your video is about top five Facebook tips or something, right? Because that will also not work for you. Yes, you might get the click, but then people are going to watch and go, this isn't what I came here for. This is not what I expected. They leave. So then YouTube sees, oh, well, people are clicking on this video, but they're just leaving right away. We're not going to send this video out either. So you have to do what, uh, there's a guy who has a YouTube channel called Veritasium, and he coined it legit bait. Like you need legit bait Mm -hmm. in order to get a person's attention. And then you fulfill that. You actually over deliver on that video based on that title. Right. And that's the idea. And it's a very hard thing to do at first. It takes practice. But, you know, through a lot of examples, in fact, if you go to YouTube right now and just look at the homepage, what YouTube is feeding you and consciously go, why is that here? Why is this being fed to me? And what is intriguing about that title? How does the title and the thumbnail play together? But yeah, anyway, that's the process that I teach. And it's just helped out so much because you're not wasting time creating a video that nobody wants to watch. I used to do that in the the newsstand to see what the magazine titles were. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if it bleeds, it leads or whatever. They they have to grab you with the title. People buy the cover, not the book. Interesting what you're saying about the title. I've I've learned that. I've had some videos where people click on it, but then quickly go away. Basically, the content's rubbish. Yeah. Or... When they do get to a video, they watch the whole thing, but not many people get to it because the title's not good enough. Mm-hmm. So basically you need both parts. Some of the people who I've worked with have had big channels, like over a million subscribers. And I remember they basically baked the story in to the title as well and then just keep pulling you in. On topics I had no interest, like one of them was a bass guitar guy and he did, I suggested to him, because in the surfing industry there's like these videos about quivers. You go around to some surfer's house and they take you through their surfboard collection because every oh, single yeah. surfer, nice. they want to know about It's like you going through your helmet collection for Star Wars buffs or Iron Man buffs. I think you've broken into different categories now. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, the, um, so he did bass tales and he'd go and visit a guy and they'd take, walk, you, walk you around his bass, like his favourite bass guitar and which songs it was recording in the albums and stuff. And it's riveting. Same when I went to see your Pokemon channel. I found a video where you had bought all these Pokemon novelty things online and you got them arrived and you did unboxings and just made comments about them. It was like without any interest in Pokemon or knowledge of it, it was still highly entertaining. So I really appreciate what you've brought to it. I'm interested just while we're on the topic of analytics, because that's one of your main points. You mentioned it earlier that you've got to pay attention to the analytics. Absolutely. What are we looking at exactly? So first and foremost, as soon as you publish a video, you look at the click-through rate because you're going to see immediately that there's going to be a certain number of impressions. YouTube just gives you this gift of impressions. They, they do this for every video. We're going to see based on the content and based on the title, et cetera, if who we think will watch this will actually click on it. And if you get people to click on it, cool. Let's find more people like them. If not, hey, we're going we're gonna to stunt the reach on this and try again next time kind of thing. However, you can always change the title and thumbnail later. I've actually gone back into the past changed the title and thumbnail on some older videos and boom, they just kind of go gangbusters. It just, again, shows you how important. And you can do that. You can change the title and the thumbnail. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't change your stats. It doesn't reset them or anything. You can absolutely do that. In fact, you can't change the video, right? You can't change the video other than going into YouTube's baked in editor. You can remove parts or change music, that kind of editing, but you can't like replace the video essentially. But to go back to the analytics, click the rate. As soon as you publish a video, within 30 minutes, you're going to get a ranking. How your video performs based on its uh, ranking against the previous 
nine other videos and it's going to say, you know, one out of 10. Cool. It's doing better. People are more interested, likely has a higher click through rate. If you're eight, nine or 10 out of 10, then make a title and or thumbnail change based on what you think would improve the offering because it's all click through rate. That's really all that there is to go off at first. And then after that, the retention graph. So if you go into your audience tab, and again, I show you all this in the course. And so, you know, it's a little confusing to talk about here, but if you go into your creator studio and you go into the audience section for any individual video, you're going to see after a day how long people are watching for where the drop-offs are. It literally gives you a graph timeline of the attention that people have during these videos. You can actually do this on other people's videos. Uh, Not every video, but in the timeline area of a video that you might be watching on YouTube, you'll notice a faint gray sort of landscape. There's like hills that go up and down. That's actually public retention graphs for other people's videos. So if you're doing research, you can go to another person's channel and go, oh, The audience. So it's benchmarking. Benchmarking. That's right. The audience loves this kind of stuff. So let me incorporate that into my videos when I do my videos. So anyway, the retention graph's great. It'll show you average view duration, average view percentage, those kinds of things. You want that to be as flat as possible. Like people will always leave as soon as they start watching. Like not every 100% of person is going to watch, but you want that to be as high as possible. So if you can get 60, 70, 80% of people still sticking around after 30 seconds, that's really good. Okay, they're hooked in. You started the video off well. And now can we keep that retention graph flat? The most interesting thing is when you start to see a, a, like a, a cliff. So you said something there or something happened in that video right at that moment that made people mm-hmm. leave. What was it? And then a spike. What did you say there that got people interested? Okay, how can we incorporate more of that? I did some research on a channel, a guy named Brady who recently got famous in the past year because he bought a grocery store lobster and raised it as a pet. And you might have seen this video come across your channel because it or your feed. I did. Yep. Went super viral. It went super viral. And the funny thing is he's been on YouTube for nine years and he's created videos about Native Americans, bicycle restorations, uh, raising koi, and they just got very low views. And then all of a sudden, and it's because the title and just the curiosity of, well, what happens when that, when you get a, like I see grocery store lobsters all the time. I never thought to take it home as a pet. I need to watch this video. 18 million views on that video. And the next video he published, bike restoration, 4,000 views. The next one, Native American culture thing, 8,000 views. The next one, update on Leon the Lobster, 12 million views, right? I think they were demanding an update, weren't they? They were, like, they were concerned for the welfare of this lobster. They're demanding an update. And YouTube knows what videos are connected to what. So they now know that when a person watches the first one, they're going to feed them the next one in the series. You don't even have to necessarily even connect them. I mean, you should connect them in the description. But people who watch the first one will watch the second one. People watch the second one will watch the first one. And then this is very important. When you get a hit video, when something hits finally on your YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. create another version of that or a second or an update or just that now becomes this playlist or a series, just like the video you watched. The Etsy video was an experimental video where I bought things from Etsy. I opened it. It got a huge reaction unexpectedly. I just thought it was a fun idea. It was a clickable title thumbnail. Cool. We're now six videos into that series. I've like Etsy must know who I am by now, at least. And those videos continue to just feed each other and I get more views, more subscribers and more revenue. 
And so when you unlock monetization, that's when you can start looking at the revenue because not all videos are created equal. Some videos will perform very high as far as revenue. Others will not. Different industries. It all depends on the advertisers and what they're bidding on and where in the world people are watching your video. Certain countries like the UK and the US and Australia pay much higher than you know Asian countries or India, at least for US and English-based content. And then the other thing to pay attention to are the comments. I think it's very, very important that when you start to have people engage with your channel, not only do you want to heart those comments to have them know that you see them and which is important or even reply, but what are they saying? What do they like about the videos? What do they not like about the videos? Incorporate that into to your next videos and then you're going to start to see this community start to form and fans, you're going to see the same people showing up on every single video and they become the people that you want to reach out to and get to know because they are a small but very powerful portion of your audience, your super fans, like I talked about in episode 600 and something when I was last on. But there's a million other metrics that you could see on YouTube. And if you go to the analytics, it's actually overwhelming. There's probably 500 different things you could track too much. The way that we teach it is click the rate and your watch time. That's basically it. There's, there's a few more things. But when you just focus on those things, which again goes with the click and the stick strategy, everything else will fall into place. I love it. So quick recap, we've covered stories, reason to stay, B-roll, transitions. You mentioned zooming in, zooming out, et cetera, making them fast. Analytics, there's two other things I want to cover and and then I'll let you go because I know you've got a whole course on this and obviously you'd have to go through the course to find out the other stuff like the advertising, revenue models, et cetera, et cetera. Text and locations. I did my homework, by the way. So (laughs) they're the two things that I, I know that are probably worth mentioning. And then we'll put the details of where we can get the program. Okay. So text and location? Yep. Text as in the description that you have for your video. Is that what you mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously that, that's going to be important. I see, firstly, I see words on the videos. Yep. And secondly, I see people type things underneath the videos with a hyperlink and resources and, and so forth. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Text is a major role in video. Obviously you can have text on your thumbnail. If you have text on your thumbnail, don't match the same text as your title. Cause that's just a waste. It's people see both. You can use the text on your thumbnail to support the title and you don't have to have text on your thumbnail either. But in the video itself, having text to emphasize certain points, you'll see Mr. Beast do this. We do this quite often. When we make a huge point, we have the text of what it is I'm saying on the screen, sort of like a caption, but just the main points or the certain things. Or if I'm doing a list of something, I have a list to my left or right hand side and then you could see it continue to grow during the video. And that keeps people intrigued because they know there's 10 things and we're only at four. So they have to stick around to the end to get the rest. But the description is going to be really important. And the description, you, you see, I think 200 characters or so until a person has to click read more to see the rest. You definitely want to utilize that space and imagine a person only seeing the first 200 characters. What can you say in there to help them want to continue to watch this video instead of just stating the obvious like this video is about this 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 well they know that already from the title how might you use a little copywriting skills to get them intrigued even more and to click read open to see the resources and links i would definitely recommend putting resources and links things that you mentioned in your video especially if it's informational especially if you mention other things you can and you are allowed to use affiliate links in there however of course in most cases you have to disclose that as well and then what you can also do is you can use time codes so in your description, add zero colon zero zero intro. And then you add, for example, one colon 30, you know, uh, equipment four colon 20, you know, mindset, whatever that will create chapters in the timeline 
that a person who is watching can see so they can jump around and it's much easier for them to go through. But more than that, that also plays a role with search engine optimization. Search engines like Google are very important for the success of video. If you actually look up how to start a podcast, for example, on Google, depending on where you're at, but likely you are to see if you scroll down, not only my website, but a video that I published last year on my Pat Flynn YouTube channel literally displayed on that first page. And so that video, which was published nine or 10 months ago, has uh, over a quarter million views. And of course, that video has the resources. Many of those resources are affiliate links. So I'm generating revenue as we speak through affiliate marketing on these videos. And then, of course, the other strategy is not only do I have a podcasting just tutorial all the way through, I also have auxiliary videos. This is another strategy. Create a video about a particular microphone and then point that to your podcasting tutorial create a video. And of course, your equivalent might be different. I create a video about how to use GarageBand and Audacity and other software. Each of those now point to the main podcast tutorial and vice versa. So now I almost kind of not control, but kind of if you look up podcasting on YouTube, you're going to scroll down and see five or six videos from me. You can't avoid me at this point because I've sort of taken ownership of the different components about podcasting on YouTube. And my plan is to continue to do that, at least on the Pat Flynn channel, across different sectors, across different programs, across, you know, things like affiliate marketing and now YouTube uh, as well. Anyway, there's a lot of cool things that you can do on YouTube like that, which are just so fun. But definitely in the description, you want to utilize that. You have, I think, 5,000 words or something or characters. So you have a lot of room to work with and it's not going to hurt you the longer it is. I love it. This is amazing. So locations, I think the idea there was to film in different places. Yes. So here's a thought. Like if you have, for example, a top five list that you're doing, a listicle type video, right? You could sit in the same spot and do each tip right there. Or you do tip one at your desk, tip two, you're outside, tip three, you're in the car, tip four, you're on the ground, tip five, you're at the park with your dog. Doesn't matter, right? It's like, well, how does that help the video? Because you're resetting the visual every single tip. It almost becomes like a new video that they're watching every single time versus just the same old background. And so that kind of pattern interrupt is very important for increasing the engagement. I guarantee you, you're going to see higher engagement when you do that, unless you say something that you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. So do that different locations and experiment because again, the viewer has seen almost everything right now. And so you have to keep that in mind and their short attention span. You kind of have to play this game in this way now in order to succeed on YouTube. But again, if you go back to storytelling, if you tell great stories and you use the power of video to enhance that story, I mean, you, you really can't lose. I love it. So I knew you were doing a training about this and I said, Pat, can I please let my audience know about it? I really want to let them know because I'm just, YouTube's where it's at. It's where I'm at too. I want to do well with YouTube. So I'm glad you put it together. I'll put a link to your training. I'll put it at jamesramco.com forward slash Pat video. And you've kindly offered a coupon for my audience for the next three days. When this comes out for three days, you go to jamesramco.com forward slash Pat video Use the coupon code James and you'll be able to get a saving on Pat's regular price for this training. Mm -hmm. Plus, I'm including a bonus. So I'm going to put together a little training on what I've learned about using short social media videos just to complement this idea of video. As a student, recently I went through some training. I've been implementing it. I got some really interesting results. I'm just going to document that a short training, some of the things that I've learned just to sort of round out this video topic. It'll be only available to people who buy your course through that link and you'll get a saving if you do it in the first three days. That's right. There'll be a countdown timer on that page, jamesranco.com slash pat video. 
And if you're listening to this in the future and you come across that, you could still get access to the course and you'll see some information there. But if uh, you're listening to this when it comes out, we want to give you savings for acting quickly. Use the coupon code James when you get there for $50 off the course, which is a pretty high percentage. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing in there. And of course, that is an affiliate link as well. And we want to reward James for sending people over too. But, you know, I love marketing where everybody wins. James, you know this. I love it when we can help all the players involved, students the person sending people over yourself and myself and my business as well, because I just know that YouTube, like you said, is exactly where many of your audience, not maybe not all, but much of your audience should be looking toward, especially if they're looking to grow and scale. And the truth is your competitors are likely not going to be doing video. So this is a great way to get a one up or level up on what it is that they're doing and build authority because people are now realizing that YouTube creators are very, very powerful when it comes to the recommendations and their offerings. Advertisers are looking to brand deal with many, many YouTubers. And this is, I hope, going to be the start of a wonderful journey for many of your audience. So uh, looking forward to seeing them in there and, and happy to offer that discount for a short period of time. I love it. I'm just, I'm so bold on the content that you have. I've seen what you've done as an educator, but I've had a front row seat to your growth on YouTube. Like every single time we chat, it's like, where are the subscribers up to and what are you learning? <laughs> like, it's just mind blowing, really. Congrats on that. Thank you. Legit YouTube training, jamesramco.com forward slash Pat video. Of course, if you want to check out Pat, he's got a website, smartpassiveincome.com. It's like a powerhouse in the industry. You're probably already subscribed to it, but if you're not, you're really missing out. Pat, uh, of course, if you like Pokemon, then there's Deep Pocket Monster on YouTube. Go That's and, right. Just go and watch it anyway. It's just fascinating. Thank you so much. Thanks, James. Thanks, everybody. To claim your bonus, make sure you go and buy Pat's training at jamesramco.com forward slash Pat video. That's jamesramco.com forward slash Pat video. And on the checkout of Pat's product, use the coupon code James. And when you do that, they will automatically send you the bonus that I've prepared for you. And the bonus is this training that I've done on using videos for social media. I brought along a special guest who was an instructor, uh, was on a paid course that I did. And I went through with him, there were 15 points, which you really should know if you're going to use videos for social media. I'm also going to give you access to a course that I did in the past. So you're going to get this fantastic short social media training. I'm looking at the topics here, you're going to learn about the platforms to pay attention to, the ways to get ideas, a framework for ideation, the different locations and techniques for videos you can use. We're talking about a framework to get attention for your videos the correct settings to put your camera to, the, the right way to hold your camera, the difference between the, the types of video footage you can use, a fantastic editing tool for your mobile phone, the importance of a couple of other things, and I have to go now. Bye.